That's what you just started out with, coughing. Welcome to It's Gonna Get Stupid. My name is Jose. I'm Richard. Or, or Rick. Or Rick. Uh, Rick Richard. I, I don't know. know. We're gonna call him whatever because, again, he is identity-ish. He might be Batman. You never know. Um, Mr. Batman. So welcome to episode one-ish. I'm gonna call it one-ish. Let's yeah, we, just... we had a we had an episode zero. It, you know, it, it, it went out. Um, this is talking in the future because actually currently it has not gone out. But it will be out by the time you future. listen to this. Future. Uh, so yeah, this is technically our first episode. So, you know, we're going to be changing things as we do more of these, figure, find our groove and figure out exactly what we're going to do. Cause we have no idea what we're doing. Never an idea. All no. I know is combined. We have five, seven children. So that I means we're going to go into a Captain Planet reference gone. with our children combined. We have an over $200 meal at McDonald's. <laughs> That's yeah. what that is. Uh, okay, so first topic, we're going to talk about the greatest thing to happen recently, which is Michael Phelps swam against a great white shark. So, I, I, you know, I don't have cable. I only heard about this on the internet through uh, through, through the grapevine, as, the, internet, as yes. the people would say. Um, and I was like, okay, Michael Phelps is going to, you know, swim, race a shark. Uh, that sounds kind of stupid, but... You know, whatever. It's cable TV and it's Shark Week. Shark Week's always entertaining, kind of. Uh, they've gotten worse as the years have gone yeah, on. Obviously, obviously yeah. they've gotten worse with Michael Phelps so, racing a shark. You know, I don't have cable, so I wasn't watching the commercials, but, you know, I was reading about it on the internet. And um, I was like, how are they going to do this? Like, that sounds really unsafe. And I was thinking, maybe there's a partition wall. Maybe there's... Like, I was excited. I was like, we're going to see Michael Phelps get mauled by a great white shark. This is awesome. Yeah, maybe that would, you know you know sacrifice you know whatever so i thought you know maybe like you know they'll throw like a seal like in front of the shark and like he'd have to chase after it dangling like a carrot I mean, he's got to chase after something i mean you don't just like let a shark loose and he's like hey i'm, I'm, I'm gonna, in a race I'm gonna race you know so i was watching this thing and i've heard a lot about it and I decided to look it up on the internet and it's him racing a computer generated a computer shark. A fake shark, yeah. A fake shark. A fake shark. I, I didn't like, okay, so I do have cable and I'm watching the, like, I was maybe a week before it aired and I saw the promo for it and I was like, what is going on? Is this a joke? I'm confused. Why is Michael, hey, why is Michael Phelps racing a shark? Period. Labeled and, as the greatest Olympian yeah, of all time. Yeah, like, uh, uh, what is going on here? And why did he, I also thought, why did he agree to do this? Is he that falling that far that he's doing this silly? Gotta get that money, bro. He's got to get that money. Well, there's no Olympics this year, so he's got to get something. And, he's, and he, he, I think he got his endorsements pulled, some yeah, of them for, uh, for the marijuana charges, possibly. Yeah. So yeah, he needs the money, man. He needs that scratch. But yeah, then I then I I didn't watch it at all. I did not watch any part of it. All I watched was the online after stuff, people dogging it, talking bad about it, and saying how terrible it was and how disappointed because nowhere nowhere did they ever say. In any of the promos, this is going to be it a computer false advertisement. It's definitely false advertising. It everything said he's going to race a great white, and it's going to be epic. And they showed a great white and jumping up and doing all this stuff. So there's no reason you would believe that there's not going to be a great white shot no. there. And even if there was, like Michael Phelps would be racing an animal who doesn't know he's in a race, and Michael Phelps knows he's in a race. And it, even like removing that idea from the table, which. I think is it's a little unbalanced, right? Imbalance, whatever. So you're saying it's a fair, it's unfair race. It's an unfair race. But then again, he's also a human, 
racing against an animal that is like just solid muscle. Yeah. And you could argue that Michael Phelps is solid muscle, but he's like all tall and gangly, right? But he can't swim faster than a shark. Well, he almost beat. You do realize he almost beat the shark. I right? understand that a no, computer no, generated no, I'm, shark. What I'm saying though is that's what that's what struck me as odd too because I'm watching. I'm like, well, obviously the shark. Okay, if they're computer generated shark, I got over that. Okay, obviously the shark smoked him, right? Yeah. And I look at, it, I was like, it's like a couple of tenths of a second pass. I'm like. No, the shark would have definitely won this race. Yeah. Regardless. Like, there's no... Because I think the shark was doing weird stuff, and it slowed down, and I'm like, why would the shark do that? Because it doesn't know it's in a race. Oh, did they factor that into the... Do you think they factored that I in don't there? Think like, so. This is a computer-generated model of what an actual shark would do in this situation. How do they even know that? This is stupid television at its best, and it made me very angry that they lied to the American people... <laughs> This is what happens, guys. This is what this happens is when you Trump's don't vote. Trump's America. Sorry, I didn't mean to even live. But I'm just saying. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens in America nowadays. They lie to the American people about Michael Phelps racing shark. Anyways, I'm deeply hurt. This is entertainment and bad entertainment at that. Terrible I mean, not good entertainment like this well, podcast, but bad yeah, entertainment true that. like Michael Phelps racing a shark. And well, I just, I can't get over the fact that they lied. Like it was a blatant lie. There's yeah. no. And it's the Discovery Channel. It's what I let my kids watch when I don't want to be with them. And so that's educational. That's not true because I don't have cable. But anyways, it's supposed to be educational. Isn't American Pickers on there? I don't even know what that is. Is, it... is that where they go <laughs> like to the, to, to like the flea markets and stuff and find things? I think so. Okay. I think so. Well, yeah. So total letdown, uh, Michael Phelps, um, if you want email us we do actually have an email now i'm going to give it to you because i'm so excited we got one it is oh hold on fail uh, it's going to get stupid at gmail.com that's it's going to get stupid at gmail.com that's without an apostrophe or anything i also have a twitter account itgs show yes is that it yes post there um send us an email with what you thought about michael phelps and whether you know, you were excited or you didn't care or you were deeply hurt and disappointed like I was. He cried a I, lot. I, I'm, I'm almost in tears now. I'm very outraged about this, actually. Um, okay, so moving right along. So from in, the, in, in the last no? episode, in the last episode, episode zero, I kind of trashed Dunkirk. And I have to say, I have to, I have to renege back on what I said. And I actually went and saw it uh, this past week. Because uh, a friend of mine wanted to actually go see it, and I gave him the choice between Spider Man and Dunkirk, and he chose Dunkirk. So bad I, choice. I had no desire <laughs> to see this movie whatsoever, and I was like, whatever. I'll just go hang out with a buddy, and we'll go see a movie. It'll be good, whatever. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, so it was bound to be good to some respect. Yeah. You know, whether it's the filming, the sound, because Hans Zimmer was doing it, or you know, were there foghorns? Uh no, there were not. Oh, Zimmer. There was some. Zimmer. There was horns of other sorts. Oh, different horns. Yes, like sirens. Sirens. But okay. um, so what? I, so, I went into it with zero expectations, and it was fantastic. So what's the premise of the movie? So the premise I, I of the movie. I still don't know. I don't even. Okay, so at this point in World War II, the um the French and uh, uh British army are basically stuck on the on. The beach at Dunkirk, right? So the the Nazi army um, or the Nazi military has kind of blown through um, this part of Europe way faster than anyone expected. So they get stranded uh, at this beach. They have nowhere to go, and there's about four hundred thousand soldiers on this beach. And um, every time they get close, 
uh, like the the Navy destroyers get close or the big boats get close to uh, the mole, uh, which, you know, not being a citizen of the United Kingdom, I didn't know what a mole was. Like they, they run that trailer for what, like they have basically three chapters, right? And the first one they, they show is the mole, right? Mm-hmm. But they kind of, the way the trailer's done, I think that was done for American audiences, there's one guy looking at the camera. So you kind of think like, oh, like that's the mole. Because, you know, in American culture, when we hear the mole, like we hear like someone that may have like, you know, ratted people out or, yeah. or like was a spy or whatever. That was not the case. So a mole is basically like a pier, right? Okay. So it's, it's where ships come in, they dock, they let people off, what have you. So anyways, uh, it, it kind of starts off revolving around there. So there's three timelines. There's, there's the mole timeline, which takes place over a week. There's the boat timeline, which is the civilian boats. Uh, which were called in because the Navy, Navy destroyers couldn't get in because every time they would get close, they would get bombed by, by airplanes. Um, so there's the civilian boats, which their story takes place over a day. And then you have uh, Tom Hardy's character, who is a pilot. And there's three pilots. You only get to focus on two of them. And that takes place over an hour. In oh, wow. true Christopher Nolan fashion, um, the, the three stories start out separate, but then they tie together at the end. And I'm not giving away anything, you know, from that. It's not like I'm giving away, like, the ending of Inception, like, you know, where it's all in his head or, you know, what have you. Spoiler alert. But it's pretty it's pretty obvious what's going to happen um, when you're watching the movie. And it's just tied together really, really well. Uh, a lot of really big actors in, in the movie. They all do a great job. And I think one of the things that really caught me, and I, I watched this video, and I'll post it in the, in the show notes, is Hans Zimmer did this really interesting thing called a shepherd's tone. And it's, it's a, it's a musical technique, um, that either builds suspense or makes it seem like something is coming to an end. You can, you know, the notes either like the sequence of notes is either ascending or descending. Um, but what it does is you have, you have your main note, which kind of sits in the middle and you have two other two mimicked notes that are either one, that are both one octave above one octave below. And they're played at the exact same time. And it's usually a short sound sequence and they just loop over and over. But if you do it, if the sequence of notes is ascending, it sounds like it's constantly ascending the entire time. And throughout each of these storylines, there's a different shepherd's tone playing the entire time. So the shepherd's tone don't stop until the end. And you feel like the stress level is getting higher and higher and higher the entire time you're watching the movie. So not to say that being a, um, a movie theater, a member of the audience of a movie of, of a, in a movie theater is going to make it like to where you can experience that. But it provides that level of stress to really like put you into the like into the environment of what you're watching. So it was just done really well. And, you know, there's not really a main character in the in the story. Um, people kind of come in and out, um, but it's more and one of the designers I follow on Twitter, uh, Mike Montero, he was like, he watched the movie and he said it was really, it was a really solid movie and it made you, the main character was a country. Like you were, like you were, you were rooting for the people of this country to come together and, and to achieve their goal of getting all their soldiers off the beach. And that's what was like really compelling about it. And I think that has a lot to do. I think the compelling factor has a lot to do with that, you know, with the current situation that we are in the United States where, you know, we've gotten into this, you know, very individualized society but it's time for us to root for our country, like to to fight for what we believe in 
and to come together and not be so separate. So whatever your political beliefs are, um, you know, it, it's, it, it was a good, like, just stop fighting against each other and work together kind of, kind of idea. America. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, I have to eat a little crow. I wasn't, you know, jazzed about seeing this movie. I was just going to hang out with a buddy of mine, which hilariously, um, as, as soon as like the credits start rolling, uh, Jeff, who is the guy I went to go see it with, he turns to me, he goes, that was hilarious. And I just start laughing in the theater, completely like rude and insensitive to what we just watched. And I hope nobody like looked what at me. He, was, he thought the movie no, was He was hilarious? joking. Oh, okay. He was joking because it was oh, so, it was so, so stressful and so serious <laughs> that he just turned to me and said, that was hilarious. Like as a joke. And I just lost it. Good. I lost Good it. Good job. Yeah. Way to laugh at, a, you know, yeah. misery and sorrow. Yeah. Good job, man. Yeah. Well, you know, appropriate. So interestingly enough, the last movie I watched was Hacksaw Ridge, which there is another go. World War II movie. Yeah. Um, so if you're not familiar with the story, it's about a soldier, um, Desmond Dawes, and he is a Seventh-day Adventist. And decide to sign up for the, And I'm going to spoil the heck out of this movie. We also didn't introduce this segment. It's okay. It doesn't matter. This is what we watched last time. Duh. Obviously. Come on, guys. Keep up. Um, and so he, he enlists in the army. and But he is called feels called by God not to touch a weapon or to right. fire a weapon. I remember hearing about this story. And so um, he's a pacifist. He's a conscientious objector. But he wants to serve his country. And I mean, he goes through hell, man. Like all the other guys do not respect him at all. His CEO wants him out. They will train him harder, you know, get on him. They try to court martial him because he will not participate in the firing exercises. He gets out of it because um, his father has connections. Um, but the, the whole time, like Andrew Garfield, he, he's a great actor. I really enjoy his acting in this movie. I mean, he just, you can tell that he is being pushed forward and motivated by something bigger than himself. And and at times you can see the anguish of like, why am I really doing this? Right. Is in it he calls out to God's like, what do you want? Like, is this what you want from me? So anyway, he gets he gets to the war and they're fighting on Okinawa. And there's this ridge called Hacksaw Ridge. And it's basically do this big old cliff that they're climbing up a, a net, right? To get up to the top of the ridge. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a field of like battlements and, you know, trenches and tunnels and all this stuff that the Japanese have. And every single uh, platoon that goes up there just gets murdered just to see, they, they there's that scene you know that scene in, in war movies where the fresh guys are going in the old guys are going out and they're busted up like torn apart so they show that and they're like oh man we're gonna get killed and so the fighting starts and it's it's pretty like saving private ryan ass brutal and um but you know really gritty and good and then um and he does not have a weapon he's there as a combat medic without a weapon and it's cool how you see him like saving lives and helping people. And then the guys that were turned against him the whole time really come to his aid at the end. Of course, you know, they see that he's not a coward because that's what they thought. Yeah. He's actually brave and that he just has a different, you know, belief in them. So eventually what happens is um, they pull back, they pull out and but they leave a lot of guys wounded and like over 100 men wounded on that ridge. And instead of Desmond leaving with the rest of his his troop, he stays up there 
and he rescues like I think seventy guys. Wow. Ends up rescuing like seventy of them, and they thought they were done. And they were actually bombing because they, they the reason they pulled back is they wanted to bomb the area, but then they realized their guys were up there, so they stopped the bombing. And he's dodging Japanese fire and helping people, and he's got to he's got to find a way to winch them down the ridge. And so it was just amazing to see that happen and to see his conviction in it. Um, and it was pretty powerful to know that that really happened. A guy, you know, I know it's a movie and some of it's, you know, embellished, but to know that somebody believed in God enough to say, I'm going to go do this because I feel called to do he it. Serve their country, but he yeah. stood up for what, what he believed yeah, in. Just, just didn't believe in having guns. Yeah. And the reason that he didn't believe, like, he felt called to not use a weapon is because his father who fought in World War One was an alcoholic and would, you know, beat his mom and beat them up. And so one day he got fed up and he got his dad's gun and he almost killed his father. Like mm. you could see that his gears turning. And so from yeah. then on, he decided not to touch a gun ever again. Yeah. So it's a really good story. Um, and then to just read a little bit about Desmond Dawes and his personality and everything. And he's a true hero, true American hero. Maybe I'll pumped up for America too, yeah. you know, and, and just to see something like that. So it was a really good movie. I, you know, it looked good and I thought it was going to be good and it turned out really good. Yeah. You know? Oh, cool. I need to go check that out. Two good World War II movies. I love what. So here's the thing. I love World War II movies. I yeah, think they're always I'm getting good. older. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I really like. I watch the History Channel a lot now, and I, that's always a sign when you're getting really old that you just start watching the History Channel all the time. Yeah, my dad used to watch Discovery Channel the entire like. Just it would just have it on as background noise. Yeah, that's what I mean. Those. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's why I'm psyched about that uh, World War II Call of Duty game. Going back to the roots, man. <laughs> Getting psyched about that. Uh, so the last movie I saw actually was not Dunkirk. So uh, the last movie I saw, and we actually watched it last night, was Split. And we rented that, and I watched it for the first time. And I was really excited to see this movie. Uh, James McAvoy's great. I, I'm a huge In Night Shyamalan fan. He's got some some misses, but, you know. For... Okay. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. He's got more than just some misses. He's got, he's got some he's misses. He's had about a decade. He's got some misses. He's had about a decade of garbage. He's got some misses. Of hot garbage on a plane. <laughs> yeah. Starting with, I know you like this stupid movie, but The Signs this is a garbage movie. Signs is okay. It's not my favorite. Garbage. Lady Village. in the Water is my favorite. Lady in the, I like, a lot of people don't like Lady they in the Water. Don't. I do like Lady in the Water. I yeah. don't know. Just something about it. I think it's Paul Giamatti. I really like him. Yeah. Um, and the characters were great. I, yeah. I know that M. Night puts himself in the movie. Every single is, time. Is he in this movie? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Why? It, it, but it wasn't like <laughs> was, obnoxious. Wait, was he an airbender? Uh, was he an avatar? Honestly, I, I don't think he was because I don't think he wrote that. So okay. I, I think he only puts himself in the movies that he directs and writes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so I actually didn't care for Unbreakable. I love Unbreakable. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, most people do. Uh, it was It was a good movie. I just don't think... I was expecting something different from... I think that was the second movie he did after Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt like Sixth Sense had a much bigger tone to signs. it. signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, anyways, e even if it was after Signs, I felt like Unbreakable was a much slower movie. It had a different feel to it. And I understand. Like, it was good. I probably need to rewatch it again. Um, you do. Everyone needs to watch that movie. But it just wasn't my favorite. Anyways, we watched Split. It was good to see M. Night come back to... Um, where like I felt like he, he had a good solid hit with this one it's a really good story James McAvoy did the whole um, uh, schizophrenia disorder so well yeah. like there was one scene where he, he he flips between like four or five people without like missing a beat and it, it was just done it was just done phenomenally well the filming was great um, 
the the actresses that played the young girls that got kidnapped they did a really good job um and there was a good backstory between one of the main characters uh one of the three girls that got kidnapped um you kind of understand like where she is and then it makes sense in the end like why they actually went into that backstory um but it was just a, it was a solid movie i won't say too much because jose hasn't seen it yet yeah uh no I, highly, spoilers. I highly recommend he 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 needs to see it and so do, if you if you slept on that one definitely go see it it was a good movie it was it was done really well still not doesn't beat lady in the water for me but i felt like it was what about six cents does it beat six cents six cents was great i mean we went and saw that in high yeah. school i had a weird experience after after six cents one time <laughs> actually after we went and saw it so sorry tangent uh, but that's what the show's about. So we we went and saw Six Sense. Is this the water pump? No, this isn't the water something, pump. Okay. This, this is something else. So we went and saw Stir of Echoes, and that's when that happened. Ah, okay. Right. So we went and saw Six Sense, and we went to the movie. I went and dropped Jose off, and I was driving back home, and I was listening to uh, Nirvana's uh, album Nevermind, and I can't remember which song I got to, but it kept flipping the tape. Like, my tape deck just kept flipping the tape over and over and over and over like it was kind of freaking me out that's pretty creepy i was driving down a dark road down beltway 8 that you know it wasn't as built up as it was now and it freaked me out not gonna lie completely freaked me out (laughs) i'm pretty sure i threw away that tape (laughs) tape. yeah and actually m night was in the last airbender was he yeah he was a firebender at earth prison camp okay so okay yeah so he must have been one of the guards yeah um he just wasn't in after earth or the visit I completely forgot about After Earth. Yeah. So did everybody else. Yeah. It's I, probably I, good. I have tried to watch that movie yeah. and I can't. I think it's because Will Smith's son's in it. I won't Jayden? watch it. Yeah. You know what? Jaden is not a good actor. No. At all. Yeah. He was okay in Pursuit of Happiness. I didn't see that either. That was a great movie. Yeah. Was a good movie. I heard it was, he was good. He was, he was, but he was a little kid, so like, who cares? Yeah. And then he was in the, the next Karate Kid. Yeah. You know, they're coming back with Karate Kid, right? And Ralph Macchio yeah, is going to be playing Ralph Macchio. Yeah, it's going to be a TV series. Yeah. Is it? Oh, it's going to be a TV series? Yeah. And they're playing each other? They're playing, they're reprising their roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ralph Macchio is coming back as, uh, I forget what his name is. Um, what is his name? I don't remember. Anyway, Daniel. Daniel yeah, son. Daniel, uh, Daniel yeah. son. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel, um, I don't know his last yeah. name. Can't son. Remember. Daniel. Yeah, Daniel son. son. It's Daniel son, obviously. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Son. Yes. That's my dad. My name's Daniel. <laughs> Oh, he didn't know his dad, did he? I don't know <laughs> no, his he mother, mother was... He uh, maybe he didn't know his dad, but... Who knows? Mr. Son. Yeah, um, yeah that's going to be cool. Or, or not. It's who knows? potentially going to be who, bad, who knows? but who cares? who cares? It's Karate Kid. Yeah, it's Karate Kid. Everybody yeah. loves Karate Kid. Sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> and Johnny's coming back. Is he? Yeah, they're, they're both... I think they're nice. both coming back. I just saw the headline. I, I didn't read the whole story. He, he needs money. Yeah. Of course. Of course he does. Okay, so we talked about last movies. Um, so next we're going to do uh, Versus. So last week we talked about Marvel vs. DC. This week we're going to talk about two movies we're that came it back, out. Guys. We're, we're taking, taking it back, guys. We're taking it back. That came out in the early 2000s. Yep. And, uh, Deep they, Impact versus they were, Armageddon. They were both about an asteroid or a Armageddon type event. One was actually named Armageddon, so that yes. makes sense. Um, now, I have never seen fully Deep Impact. I've watched parts of Deep Impact. But I've you should never watch watched it. that movie. You should go watch it. I've heard I've heard that out of the two, it is the better critical movie. It's, like, it's the more realistic okay, yeah, version exactly. of what's gonna happen. So Bruce Willis doesn't, you know, go up onto an asteroid in this movie. So let's start with Deep Impact. <laughs> Talk about Deep Impact. So Deep Impact stars Tay Leone, Morgan Freeman, uh a very young Elijah Wood. Um 
and Elijah Wood's character. Morgan Freeman is the president. He is the president. I, is it the first black president I team in, so. in, on, on a I movie? So. I was excited about that. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Elijah Wood's uh, character is like a junior astronomist in his like school astronomy club, which I was a member of our high school astronomy club as well. You sure so were. With I was Miss Hodges. Hodges, man. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, him and his uh, his class are out looking uh, looking at the stars, and he discovers this um, this object coming, you know, and that's heading towards the earth. So he sends it off to, you know, typically when you, when you find something like that, you find an unknown object, you send it off to, um, uh, to an observatory and they confirm it. So typically like, um, they're, they're the discoveries are hyphenated, like the comets are, are hyphenated, the asteroids are hyphenated. Anyways, he sends off the information, the observer, the, uh, scientists at the, the or astronomer at the observatory finds it. Uh, he starts looking for it. He gets the information. He finds it. And then he's like rushing off uh, to tell the authorities because he realizes that it's a massive asteroid heading towards the Earth. But he gets to a car wreck and the information is delayed. So you pick up a few years later and Taylor Leone is this investigative reporter for like a CNN type organization. And she is news. <laughs> she is investigating the president <laughs> Because this uh, this name Ellie keeps coming up uh, throughout like uh, confidential documents, so she digs far enough to where she ends up having a meeting with the president, and uh, he con- she confronts him about it, and he he's like, you know, are you sure you want to know this information? Are you ready for it? And he plops down this this uh, document in front of her. And it was, the name wasn't Ellie, it was E-L-E. It was an abbreviation for Extinction Level Event. And so that starts the whole story of... Um, so Rick, what you're telling me is that after Elijah Wood, yes. junior astronomer, found, junior astronomer. Found, found the asteroid, yes, years passed, yes. and nobody else found this asteroid well because it was like hidden it was like nobody it, nobody else. else found it nobody else found it the magic movie was case. hidden yeah it was hidden behind was hidden the moon or by, something behind planet x planet x oh yeah. that's great man yeah this is where the power perfect girls came from planet yes. x yes that's exactly where they came from <laughs> it's hiding in our solar system anyway. it's coming at us anyway so um so a few years past the government is you know making preparations they have these they have these uh caves uh, where they've started storing supplies, they start to uh, whittle down the population to like who needs to be saved, um, and different things like that. So it's kind of going through that story of the asteroid actually coming towards the Earth, and they do try to uh, break it up with a missile. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't go well. Who's who's, uh, who's the pilot? The the pilot of the ship. Uh, um, I'm gonna. He's a really old, old guy. Robert Duvall. Yeah, Robert, Robert Duvall. Duvall. Yeah. So he, he's he's kind of like the grandfather of the of this crew of astronauts that go up to it. Uh, they hit a snag at the International Space Station. I believe it explodes, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, mistaken. The International Space Station is always exploding it's in these always, movies, man. Yeah. Is it really that safe? Well, I don't think so, Just think, think so, about guys. it. It was put up in space for the cheapest amount of money. So, you know. I'm surprised it's still going on yeah. right now. It's probably going to explode. I'm sorry. That's terrible. But it probably is going to explode at some point. Um, and like the main pilot who was treating Robert Duvall's character kind of like garbage because he was an old astronaut, um, he ends up going blind. So Robert Duvall has to kind of take take it. Like he ends up going blind. Another astronaut gets injured. So Robert Duvall kind of has to like 
take over the reins. Grandfather's got to take care of business. And so towards the end of the movie, they decide that they don't have enough fuel to get back uh, after the after the first missile attempt Um, doesn't work. But they have they have a payload on their on their ship because they were gonna like try to you know do the whole armageddon thing where they they drop the bomb off and blow it up (laughs) um so they decide to make a a last ditch effort to save their families back on earth and run the the shuttle into the asteroid itself does it work? It does. Okay. It does. Doesn't that movie sound boring, everybody? It but, does. You know what sounds exciting? Bruce freaking but, Willis but it's on like, an oil rig. It's so emotional. It's emotional and okay. it has you a good talk, story. You want to talk emotional? Okay. Bruce Willis tearing the patch off, giving it to Ben Affleck. To young Ben Affleck. Shoving him in Who was terrible. the elevator and saying... Take care of my daughter for me, Ben. I don't think he said that, but it was something that got on those lines. And Ben Affleck's crying. He's got ugly tears. It was great. He's Ben Affleck. It was great, man. Okay, so Armageddon is a great movie. I love Armageddon. I mean, I want to see Deep Impact because it seems like it's a good movie, but the premise of Armageddon is so stupid. It, it is really the is. the dumbest thing ever. It really is. So, why would you send those people up to space? Why would you? Okay, it would be, it would make, okay, so the whole premise, the whole premise of the movie is it's easier to train oil rig workers how to be astronauts than it is to train astronauts how to be oil rig workers. Also, why wouldn't they just why wouldn't they just link them in to the like they could be on the ground. Yeah, like why couldn't they just control we, yeah, the machinery? I don't, I don't like, understand why you put space. them in space. It doesn't make any sense to put them in space at all. Especially Steve Buscemi. That yeah. makes no sense. You know he's going to go Owen nuts. Owen Wilson. But there's a lot of people in this movie. You think about it. Owen Wilson, Steve Buscemi. First of all, Owen Wilson wouldn't be able to go up because of his nose. He wouldn't be able to breathe. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. You think so? Anyway, um, that was a terrible pressure Owen Wilson, by the way. Um, what's his name? Big big black dude. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. Ben Affleck. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And then uh, the French guy. I don't even know his name, but he's French. He may not be French. The French? I thought he was Russian. Maybe the Russian. No, not not the cosmonaut guy. Oh, okay. The French, the other French guy. The the Russian guy is hilarious. I can't, I don't remember his name either, but he's great. He's in a lot of stuff. He was the devil in uh, Constantine. But, uh, so I was watching a behind the scenes thing at Armageddon. And it's, or no, I was watching. I'm sorry. What? Sorry. You're wasting your time. No, no, no. It was, uh, no, no. (laughs) Wow. Uh, it was was a, uh, it was the commentary actually. On Armageddon. So I was watching the movie, listening to commentary. Shut up. It's awesome. You should always watch a movie with commentary. And it's Ben Affleck talking about uh, that Russian actor. And so, because he was on the outside of the ship, you know, he was trying to do something. And he goes, oh, they're always throwing these rocks at my balls. (laughs) He does the greatest accent ever. If you have a chance, watch Armageddon with the commentary. It is great. Did you figure out his name yet? I'm looking it up. You're taking too long. Magic of the internet. I've already I've already looked it up and I have it right here. Uh, Peter Stormare. Yeah, Stormare. Stormare. He's also in American Gods. I haven't seen he's, that. He's show. a great character actor, actually. That's because you don't have cable. This is true. So you've seen both movies. Yes. Which movie is better? Um, I prefer Deep Impact. I think it's a better story. That's what she said. Uh, I think <laughs> this is a family podcast, sir. <laughs> Cut it out. Uh, then. Cut that part out. We don't cut anything. <laughs> uh, I think Deep Impact is a great, is a better story and a more realistic approach to this event that may or may not ever happen. 
you know, there's stuff floating around in space right now. Who knows what's going to happen? But if I was going to... You don't think a bunch of drillers could land on a slingshot slingshot around the moon like Wiley Coyote? I will take no for a thousand Alex. <laughs> so no, I don't think that would happen. I don't ben think that would like, happen. Please save us. We need your help. <laughs> He's too busy being you know, Eddie Griffith was also in this movie. Enough said. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Liv Tyler in um in that awful Aerosmith song. I mean, oh, that Aerosmith song should have been should have had a credit for how much it got played. Jason Isaacs was in this movie. Bet you know that. Keith David, William Fickner. Love some love me some Fickner. So yeah, it yeah, was great. So I, I I would say it it all depends on the, on the situation that you're currently in. Wow. <laughs> Go watch, I, go watch my movie, guys. If you, if you want a more realistic approach, watch Deep Impact. If you want a popcorn, flick. a popcorn flick where you don't really have to watch it because it's mindless entertainment, watch Armageddon. Yes, definitely watch Armageddon. I'm going to watch Deep You know what? I will make it a point to watch Deep Impact. And I watched, Arm, I the watched them time. both back to back about a month, about three months oh. ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you really? I really did. Why would you do that? They were both on Netflix. You... <laughs> I need something to watch. All right. Is Deep Impact on Netflix? I believe so. I believe they both are. We will link um, to the synopsis of both these shows so you can check it out. Yeah. These movies in the show notes. Yes. Okay. So, so I guess I have to watch Deep Impact. I'll give my, you say Deep Impact. When I, I'll watch you Deep Impact and before next week. I say it depends time, on the situation. Well, but you're, you're saying for you, it's yes. Deep Impact. Yes. So for me, I'm going to watch Deep Impact and then I will make my decision, which will be Armageddon, obviously. With the disclaimer that the reason why I really do not like Armageddon. Is because of the Aerosmith song. Because of the Aerosmith song. <laughs> I could do without ever hearing that song that, again. Actually, you know what? So that whole, that whole part actually is terrible. It's, yeah. So here's the thing. Here's oh, the, and the stupid part where Ben Affleck is seen to live Tyler, and then they all break out into no, that song. No, that's cute. No, Come on. It's, okay. it's stupid. But here, here, it's stupid. here's the thing. I know that Armageddon is not a good movie. Yes. But sometimes there are movies that aren't good movies that you just really enjoy watching, and I, for some reason, enjoy watching that movie every time. That's the first movie I ever cried at the Bruce Willis part. I cried about that. We're not cutting that out. I don't. I. I will never cut that. I. I t- tell everybody that it's the first time I've ever cried in a movie. It's during Armageddon. Nobody else was crying in the theater. It was just me, and I was probably like I don't know, fifteen or something. Actually, those movies came out in '98, not the early 2000s. Um, it was close enough. But that scene where he's playing with the animals, animal crackers on her chest, or you know, and burn that footage <laughs> in a fire. It was the. It was the and worst. All of it. Do you think anybody else is doing this right now in the world? No, because that's stupid. <laughs> that's, that's what I would have said. It's like, well, if they're not, what else are we going to save this world for? Some stupid line like that. I was like, come on, man. Well, this is it's it's a it's a Michael Bay film. Yeah, and Michael Bay is in this movie. Is he? Yes, he is one of the technicians at NASA that when like the asteroids are hitting, he he like rolls his chair. He's got a chair scene where he has a rolling chair and he rolls from one desk to the other like in a stylized fashion. So, check it out. Next time you watch Armageddon, look for Michael Bay. He's got long hair. Okay. Up next, a new segment called... This is going to get really weird, guys. It's, well, this podcast is called It's Going to Get Stupid. And so, we're going to hear some stupid Rick thoughts. So, l- let me explain this. And please please do, because it's golden. So, as my wife and I go to sleep most nights, I, I postulate these really ridiculous scenarios where... Um, where I ask her random questions and basically test whether or not she would still love me in this scenario. 
So the latest one that probably got the most uh, feedback from my wife was, um, you know, you got to picture this. Let, let me set the mood for you guys. It's nighttime. We've just put the kids down. You know, there's a subtle glow from the alarm uh, control panel in our in our bedroom. It's real dark. I'm, you know, uh, I'm laying, the mood is set. Everybody. The mood is set. I'm laying down next to my wife, and uh, uh, and I turn to her and I say. Would you still love me if we lived in a world where instead of being a human, I was the embodiment of five Zords that were being controlled by teenagers with attitude? So you, so I would be a Megazord. (laughs) Would she also be a Megazord? No, no, no. no, She would still be a human and I would would be a human-sized Megazord, um, Controlled by angsty teenagers. Controlled that by angsty teenagers. Are not that are too humans. No, no, no. They're humans. But how are they? Do they shrink when they make you up? I can't answer that. You don't. That's, I don't know. <laughs> that's not part of the that, equation right now. That's not part of the equation. <laughs> the important part is: Would she still love me if I were a Megazord? She has yet to answer this question. <laughs> what? What purpose would they like? So do you ever not be a Megazord? So they just live inside you. See, you got to think the about entire the, com- time. Think the, about the complexities time. of this because they just live inside you the whole time and they never, you're also detachable and they live inside you the whole time. The entire time. And uh, they apologize eat. for the noise, guys. My son is trying to take my iPad at the moment and while we're recording and this. They eat, they eat what? How do they eat? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't... Maybe they have like feeding tubes that like are in the Zords. How did they eat in the TV show? No so, one really asked what, that when we were and kids. What's, so what? What changes if you're a bunch of Zords? I'm a I'm a Megazord. So, but, <laughs> but I fight they, evil. evil but do you I really fight, fight evil? evil space witch? Is that part of the, the that equation? lives on the moon? The equation I heard was is is that you are you've been lying this whole time about who you are. And now you tell her the truth is I'm a Megazord that is embodied by five angsty teenagers. Yes. And you fight evil. Yes. But I'm not currently fighting evil. It's the off season. Oh, okay. So like maybe you did used to fight but evil. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe you like, used to. Now you don't. Maybe you're a retired yeah. Megazord. Maybe. Would she still love you if you're a retired Megazord? Yeah. She, she has yet to answer this question. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't would know where we stand, guys. Would you still love your... Think about that, everybody. Would you still love your significant other if they were a Megazord controlled by five angsty teenagers? I mean, I'm still the same person. Yeah, like there's nothing right. changed about you. Right. It's, well, it's kind of like... You know what? It's kind of like knowing you have a third nipple. Right? You didn't know, and then you found out. And you're like, oh, But well, it can't fine. detach from you and turn into the shape of like a tiger. <laughs> or... The premise know, of, the premise of like, this question... It would be more like... Learning you had a prosthetic leg, and they never knew it the whole time, and that prosthetic leg helps you fight crime by turning into by a turning tiger. into a tiger, a prosthetic tiger, or a griffin. Or depends a griffin. on which megazord we're talking about. Or I'm, there's so many different. I'm, wait, which one are you? Are Gen you one. like super? Okay, Gen one. So Gen you one. can be. So you have a pterodactyl in you. Yes. A saber tooth tiger. Transverse rex. Transverse rex. Mastodon. A mastodon and a triceratops. Yes. Wow. Talk about super nerdy, knowing all those silly. Um, animals and this is pre tommy oliver this is before the yeah i'm always gonna remember him as the white power ranger because Not the green ranger screw that no he's the white power ranger but he had a flute he's the white with ranger the, with the white ranger he did have he had a flute he had a flute as a green ranger no he had a knife or something yeah. didn't he 
I don't know, man. No, no, no. He didn't. He had he had the flute as the Green Ranger, Green Ranger. and he had Especially the talking tiger sword as the White Ranger. Talking tiger sword. So he was a tiger. Like, what was he as a? He's a White Tiger. Yeah, the White Ranger. What yeah. was he as a Green Ranger? Did he have a Zord? I think. Yeah, he had the the lizard, the the reptile looking thing. There was like a it was dinosaur. Like a God, it was like a Godzilla ripoff. Really? Yes. I'd have to go back and watch that, but I'm not going to do that, everybody. There, there's a really good podcast. Of, I'll have to remember the name, and we'll link to it below in the in the show notes. But uh, uh, it was discussing the guy who created it. was Haim Saban yeah. who created the thing. The original. Yeah, the original. And so it's really fascinating. I'll link to the show. But the gist of it was the interviewer was asking him about how he created Power Rangers. And it was an Israeli... Or no, it was a Japanese show. It was a Japanese show, and he bought the rights to all the fight scenes. Yeah. Okay. So and this is not the guy who created the Japanese. No, no, no. This is the guy that brought it over to the right. Power Rangers. Okay. So what he did was he bought the rights to all the fight scenes, took that footage, brought it in the footage of Rita Repulsa too, right? Like right. It's everything. All that. It's it, all, anything that the has only, the only thing is the Angel Grove stuff is all here. Angel Grove is all filmed in America, and anytime like the Rangers take off their helmets and they still have the suits on, yeah. and it, it shows their but anytime the, they're in their suits, whenever or they're in the their suits, the Zords or Rita Repulsa or anything like that, it was all it was all that Japanese footage. Their production costs a lot significantly, yeah. And so he's like a multi. He's got to make so much money. It's, it, some ridiculous amount of money. Because you didn't have to pay to make the Zords right. or anything. So he found a cheap way to make this this show happen without having to actually film. And now any... it's like crazy money, yeah. dude. Dude, we got to do that. Let's buy. Everybody, think about a Japanese <laughs> show we need to buy so that we can repurpose it into another show at the cheapest. Maybe we'll only throw in a couple lines of dialogue and just say it's ours. Yeah, you just know? Well... <laughs> He basically just took another show and threw in some extra things and said, it. this is new. Yeah. But it wasn't new. It was the same but thing. it didn't matter because he bought the rights to it. And yeah, who cares? And no one yeah. else knew about it. Who's right. going to watch that? I believe show? they actually showed the American version of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in Japan after it got released. And did they know? Did they even realize? Probably. They probably, they probably didn't care. Who cares? American. Yeah. America. <laughs> so anyways, guys. Cool. Yeah. So... That is all the time we have for today. Thank you for sticking with us at It's Going to Get Stupid. Stay stupid, everybody. And happy birthday to you. You know who I'm talking about. Happy birthday. Happy birthday.